Okay, you good to start? I'm just trying to get serious about this. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good way to hear <laughs> Hello and welcome to the second episode of Creative Voices. Thanks for everyone who tuned into the very first one. If you didn't, I'd encourage you to go back and have a listen. A uh, very brief intro for those who are new to this. We are here in Treebark Store in Moy Cullen, a new space. We're a specialty coffee bar, a retail of Irish crafts and goods and artwork, and a photography studio. The idea behind Creative Voices is that we're going to sit down and spend time talking to creatives from different fields and industries about their process and what powers them. So for today, we're talking to Dan Gardner. Uh, we're going to say hello now to Dan and let him uh, introduce himself and talk about what he does. How are we doing? Thank you very much for having me, Jeff. You're very welcome. I try not to curse, as I say. <laughs> you do your best. I can't promise anything. Basically, yeah, I'm design fabricator, artist. I'm not a carpenter. You're not a builder, as I learned. Builder, or what other people think, think I am, but yeah, I just try and make places awesome, things awesome, and go from there, really. Okay, and I suppose as regards your background, maybe we should talk about how you started as an artist and that transition from that to doing your commercial work and your projects and so forth. It's a bit of a long story. It's okay, we're recording, <laughs> we have time. We have time, that's what we're here for. Um, I suppose it all kind of stems originally from the family. My, say, my mother's father, he would have been, he would have had his own company, steel fabricating, when I was young. Um, then my father, he's a mechanic, steel fabricator as well. So it was kind of working with hands in the jeans, you know, from that, from the age of 12, I've been doing summer jobs, you name it, I've done it, yeah. like plumbing, painting, like working on sites, block laying, all that kind of stuff. So like I was brought up working from a young age. And with that as well, I've always kind of gone to school and, uh, you know, just had a really, it would have been really good at art. Like, it was the only thing they kind of, I enjoyed in school. It's interesting given that you had a very practical and hands-on experience so young that you made a transition to being an artist as opposed to perhaps going into a trade or something like that. Was it the interest in art that sort of drew you away from doing something like that? Or? I don't know what it was really. I always had a love of windsurfing as well, like from a young age. So I suppose I just lived for that, come on the weekends and things. And then when I came to the moment of, say, if you're doing leaving, sorry, you have to go to college and all this kind of jazz. Like, I'll be honest with you, in school, I never used to study. Like, you know, <laughs> like I never used to do homework, I never studied. Yeah. I had no ambition to go to college, didn't know what I wanted to do. I all remember when I was doing homework, I was drawing or doing something creative or whatever it might be. Like, so maybe you were just looking for an outlet, really? Pretty much, yeah. Like, oh, I was always a really like, creative mind, creative thinking from a young age, like, come up with these mad ideas proposing the outlets like oh can we make this or do that and yeah I used to be always down there with him and get stuck in doing bits and pieces yeah. and and he was supportive of that I guess then was he yeah no he's cool like he, he always the best in the world like you know he used to you know get involved we used to make windsurfing trailers you know for owners of beaches at weekends and things like that it was cool like yeah. and uh, I just had this ambition like of just windsurfing as much as I could from a young age so then I had to be self-employed because Having a nine-to-five job, <laughs> uh, trying to rely on, say, the weekend to go windsurfing when the wind was good and stuff, it just wasn't going to work. So I was, like, 17, moved down to Kerry, just worked in, like, worked in a pub, windsurfed, surfed whenever I could. Then was the point to come back to go away, self-employed, the moment I came back yeah. from, like, you know, 18 on. So, like, it was always, I just wanted to work make money, 
windsurf. When I, when I go to a windsurf, that was pretty much it. So did you do any sort of uh, formal education basis on art, art at all, or was it all just purely self-taught? Purely self-taught, yeah. I, yeah. I like, in fairness, I was always quite good at, like, learning fast and making things up quick. So if I saw someone do something, I could literally go ahead and just do it straight away. Okay, so you had a good ability to emulate whatever they were doing. Yeah. When you're self-employed, when I was that young, that ambitious, I said yes to everything. Like, there was no scenario. It's like, oh, no, I can't do that. Sorry, I can't take on that job. I was like, oh, no, I'll do it. And I'll learn how to do it. And then make money. Yeah, go yeah. Go off and windsurf. Like good, here, stuff good. Like so, no, I, I've heard that quite often that, you know, you don't really say no to anything when you are creative. You just find a solution to the problem. And I think half the fact that you believe that you will be able to find it means that you'll make the effort to make it happen. Yeah. You know? And what about finding like a, a voice or a style? Like, was there a point where you transitioned to something that you see was distinctly yours? Um, yes. I remember my first kind of real creative job, I could say it would have been for 37 West. I was working in, in a Pativity's gym at the time and one of the clients there, Jill, Kind of gave me, you could, well, I'd done the gym for Pat as well in my kind of off time. Yeah. And so uh, <laughs> I was like, look, we got to do something with this place, do it up. And, you know, yeah. I was, wasn't one for sitting around or doing anything. So I done that place up. Like, for my own style, it was like kind of cool. You know, back around the paint and carpentry and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I was like, you know, working in this gym where I'm telling people what to do and sitting around for an hour or two here and there. It's, yeah. it's like this is boring. Like, yeah, yeah. So, Done that, and then one of the clients, Jill Carroll, um, was like, oh, I have a place in town, a little restaurant, or a little cafe restaurant. I was like, cool, yeah. So I went in there, and like, yeah, we just overhauled the place. And that's when this rustic style was, an upcycle style was trending at the time. Mm-hmm. So all you needed was like a bit of creativity and put your own edge in things. So yeah. that's where it's kind of started, and then I got known for yeah, but it's also practical as well as you oh, know, yeah. like definitely, like you know, at the time, like it was just coming out of a recession or whatever, and place had to be done cheap. Like, it's still you know, work. People, yeah, yeah, it's still, still work, to have so. a, a distinctive identity, but also be yeah. Because yeah. I think I told you last week, I actually bumped into someone I know in town who had driven past where we are here, you know, in Tree Park, and he said to me, he goes, I "Haven't had a chance to be in yet," but he goes, "I saw the place. I was it Dan that did it? It seemed like it was his work. Mm. It seemed like it was his art." Is what he actually said to me. <laughs> Which is, I'd imagine, nice to hear. Oh, it's great to hear, But yeah. it's interesting to see that people can identify it as well when they see it, you know? Yeah, it's kind of stand alone. I, I can't have a finger on what it is. I just, I try and keep things simple, but try, just create, create all the ideas in my own head. Like, yeah. try not to copy anything. Yeah, well, I've I, else I mean, I've obviously seen you work on site here, and I think it's, it's a very evolving process, I would say, mm. even on the day. Oh, yeah, like, everything you do, you like, you can... You're, I revise it and go. Oh, I could improve this better. Or do do whatever else it is. Just you know, change it up a small because I don't like repeat myself. Yeah. Um, no matter what it is, really. And I presume, I suppose uh, a lot of your work is based off metal and timber and fabrication. Yeah, like metal. Like when I first started, I never used that much metal. Like you know, it was if it was easy to cut, easy to use. Yeah, because I didn't really have that much tools or machinery to work with and basically it costs more money. So mm. at the time, starting out trying to understand how we charge for things, how much time it's going to cost and just being overly ambitious 
it, yeah. you know, it was hard to bring that in as well on top because, you know, it was going to have more time and labor and stuff. And do you find that's difficult, like setting a value on your own time? Oh, yeah. Like because it's, it's so... I often find with people in any sort of creative industry, like people externally have no concept of what your time is worth, but even sometimes the artists themselves struggle to determine a price because they haven't really given an allowance for how much time they may put into something. And that, that may not be time on the actual project itself so much as the value of the time it took them to get there, to get that skill set and so forth, you know, especially if you're self-taught. Yeah, that was, that's definitely the hardest thing to yeah. learn, understand, because it's like that you spent years you know, learning whatever it might be, and then when it's purely creative work, like you, you might start doing it, and then it's like that you just see it from a different light. You might yeah. come in the second day, it's like actually, you know, uh, the space might need this or whatever you're making just needs something else which you don't allow for at the start, and then you know you're working then you know, an extra day or extra two days or yeah. another week, whatever it might be. Yeah. It's yeah, it's 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 definitely the hardest part. <laughs> like, you know, there's no such thing as a nine to five when you work no. for yourself as it is, but I, I seem to remember that we were, you were here on a weekend just before we opened to get everything finished. We we're here Saturday, Sunday and Monday, I believe, to get it open for Tuesday if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that was it was bank holiday, wasn't it? Yeah, I think yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, it was bank holiday. That's yeah, you just have to It's necessity, have to I guess, as much something else. Yeah. Like, I suppose that necessity kind of facilitates you finding solutions for things though as well you know if there's a deadline you have to get it open by day you just you find a way to get it done simple yeah. as I know you've um, other people that may work with you occasionally but do you find it's a very solo experience working on projects or is it in like do you want input from the client and so forth or are you happy to just figure it out yourself she would say style wise I mean how much freedom have you found given that it's not a traditional commercial kit out that you're working with. Are you quite happy to just, for want of a better phrase, YOLO it, or yeah. do you prefer to uh, run with it and do whatever? Um, no, it's it's always nice. I would just sit down, you know, be likes to yourself mm. or whoever it might be, yeah, um, and see what they need. You know, from the space, obviously, that's the most important thing. Yeah, and then the the, the great thing about it now, yeah. Is, you know, people, it's like as you said, you know, the style, you know. I they allow an element of freedom to yeah. some, some extent. They just, they're, they're just, I'd say 99% of people I work with. Yeah. And I work from for that reason, they can go, oh, just do just do what you want to do, pretty much. And I suppose the um, the benefit of kind of having found a voice <clears throat> in a style, do you think, as well, is that, like, people find you rather than you having to find clients? Yeah. 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 Like, as you know myself... As you know from myself, that I don't, uh, I don't really keep on top of social media that much. <laughs> Dan, don't, 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 don't say that. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I put up the odd bit here and there. It does generate work, that's for sure. Mm. But majority of people either see the work that I've done, or talk to someone that I worked with, or something like that, and then they get in touch, mm. which is great because you know, it's maybe, almost like a referral, but from someone that you were happy to work with so you have a feeling that you're that, going to be that, working with someone you, that's yeah. exactly it. Like, just a law of attraction like just you know they're a sound yeah they're, they're sound friends I suppose it's similar like to you know so I'm shooting a wedding <clears throat> in a few weeks for a couple and I shot their friend's wedding last year and I know they're nice people because I had such a great time with the couple I'm happy enough to take it on whereas 
when you're meeting someone out of the blue, you never really know what you're quite in for. Exactly, exactly. Like, you know yourself. Yeah. Like, it's, it's great. It's great. Yeah. It's great to work that way. And uh, what about any creative blocks when you're in projects? Is there anything in particular you find is good to get the creative juices going? Do you, like, you're stuck, do you go, go out and get a bit of windsurfing and clear your head? Or oh, yeah. Yeah, like, that's... You do hit blocks and, like, burnouts and stuff like that. Um, I used to work, like, seven days a week stuff of that training on top of that boozing on top of that as well you know at the weekends yeah and like you hit burnout and like it's all blocks and stuff of like that but then you know the most refreshing thing is do something that's completely that you know that you haven't been doing for a while or whatever it might be get on the water go for a run go for a hike just do something completely mm. you know to, that once you know you have to refresh your system and you know, you, you'll generally get over it. And, you know, once you take your mind off it, you wake up the next day, you'll have the answer. Yeah. You know, you just, you find the solution and that's it. You just go with it. That's good. And uh, I know actually speaking of that, you had mentioned to me last few weeks that in this year you're going to try and find a bit of time for more personal projects and personal work. Yeah. Is there anything in particular you're very interested in working on or nothing you're kind of hoping to do? Oh, uh, I've been saying it for years, an exhibition. Yeah. I've been... I got a, re- a lot of recognition. I got involved with um, Goa Design Week. Jeez, when was it? Five years ago? Four years ago? Um, they got in touch. A friend of mine was doing work with them. Mm. And there was a bit of space to say, do a bit of furniture and just quirky kind of upcycle kind of pieces. So, like, it was kind of early days. I was kind of starting out and I'd done that and I loved it. Like, you know, I, be working in the workshop some days geez I remember I was in there for I think 20 hours one day working and I just <laughs> purely when you're running on like adrenaline and that kind of creative like mindset it's, it's class like I haven't done <clears throat> that in a while and I've been talking to a friend of mine Shane O'Malley mm. and Fimmer as well a lot over the last few years and on about like they keep kind of going like when you do an exhibition when you're doing so yeah this year now hopefully towards the end of the summer I'll have something together just like, you know, nice lighting pieces, tables, just see once the workshop and start making things. Yeah. You know. Just see what happens when you get in there, basically. Happens, is it? Yeah. You yeah. know, like, you know, now with doing all the steel work I'm doing, got great ideas with that. And yeah, just see what really comes out of it. Just yeah. do something that's, you know, you don't see that much around. And yeah, just get kind of get loose with it. Do you find that like it's it's hard to see any examples of the kind of stuff you're doing within Ireland? Like, is it very uncommon yet? Should we say? Yeah, like I like I like going around seeing you know obviously what's going on in different places. You know, I was up in Dublin yesterday, kind of walk around, see what's going on there. It's cool. Like you know, obviously big cities. You know, you just naturally get oh, yeah. more creative. Like you get more productive when you're in them. Um, it's great to see like. Um, down here you wouldn't see that much in Galway yeah. you know obviously you see some nice things going on and brilliant trades people brilliant designers around Galway like you know it's, it's you know built in the air it's everyone yeah. has that kind of flair to them but it's you know the kind of things I visualise in my head I wouldn't see them that much anywhere I get a bit of grief from the lads as well you know I use Pinterest a bit for <laughs> show and work but it, it's great for you know, doing up visual boards for people and kind of explaining different elements and stuff. Yeah. Um, but even still, like, you know, the things I'm kind of vision, you don't see that much there. So it's purely... But do you like, find that difficult, up. like, expressing, like, a vision to clients sometimes? Because I know 
like one of the biggest things that people have commented on in this space is the ceiling lights who are hard to describe. Maybe you might want to describe them in a moment, but when you were trying to explain to me what we're going to do here, I suppose visually for me, I couldn't get a grasp on it. But once you actually did it, I was like, oh yeah, this is kind of genius. And it's one thing that like everybody comments on. Yeah, like it, it, it has turned out pretty cool. I, it wasn't meant to be like that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe that. You're always on the plan. <laughs> um, yeah, like I, I wouldn't spend, I wouldn't sit down and spend that much time doing sketches. You know, I, I put, I'm more visual. Like you know, I will put together some like a few visual boards and just generally sit down with the client and then like you know, like like we did. Yeah. Just, yeah, we just sat down and talk with things. Yeah, more. I might take out a piece of paper and just like throw together like a gammy little sketch. There. Yeah. Like I don't spend too much time because I'm always yeah. doing something else at work and. Um, that, you know, I first sit down, talk with space, be in the space, talk about ideas. With the lighting here, I envisioned that I could do it a different way. Mm. But doing it that way, you couldn't get the proper light out of the say That's like, that's the main strip in like neon rope light, LED mm. rope light. It's just basically an LED strip turned on the side in a casing and it just lets off the light like like a really smooth light, I suppose. You know, you see the LED little yeah. dots. So the original way of doing it with the rails and kind of looping around and kind of getting just a bit wild with it, it was just you weren't getting the light from it. Yeah. So then we're like, actually, if we lay out the rails in a way that we'll, we can do one continuous flow around, um, it will work better. And that's the way it just worked out. And yeah. It's class-like. Yeah, no, it's amazing how many people comment on it. It's just... Uh I often find people walk in here first, they just spend the first minute just like staring up at the ceiling, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Trying to figure out what it is first of all. <laughs> I know, that that's it. Like, it's just, you know, you, you don't really see the product like that used in that particular way. Yeah. So that, you know, that's that's another thing I like to do. I like, like to take, you know, whatever it is, any particular product, lighting product or whatever it might be, and just use it differently or put it in a different casing or a different frame or, you know, different brackets or whatever yeah. it might be. Um, That's good though, because my point of view, <clears throat> haven't been through a few commercial kit outs, it's kind of refreshing to have someone come in who isn't just looking to me for all the answers, as in like, you're willing to come on board with some ideas and even, you know, other projects, other small things you might be working on down the line, or even say I've seen, say with Kevin and, and Ground and Co, other bits and pieces that you're adding on as you go along. It's great to be able to have someone you can rely on to come back and give that distinctive touch while also doing something kind of practical. Oh yeah, yeah. You know? Um, yeah, like, you know, touch wood that majority of people work with. I I work them again. I work with them again and again. Yeah. And it's like that trying to provide a solution, but then you know, being a completely of your own idea yeah. and bat. You know, you you know, you're not. You know what you want to do here and there. Yeah. It's like, you know, it's more the other case around. Like you know, say if the my, my people come to me, it's like, oh, I could do it this way, and I'm stubborn as hell. Like, <laughs> you know, I might go, oh yeah, 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 cool, and then just go off and do it a completely different way. Yeah. And just the odd time, you know, they might get a bit thick about it. I'm like, no, no, this is <laughs> this better. Is better. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, eventually it comes around. It's like, actually, I, you know. Your charm carries you through, Dan. You're okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I suppose, speaking of which, like, did you have a particular project that you worked on that you found you liked the most? Like, or do you like, do you like something big scale? Like, I know, so like the Nest was a very big project. It's a large building. Or do you prefer working on smaller, more detailed work? Um, I'll be honest with you, like, you know, I'm not just saying this because I'm here, <laughs> but 
this was a thoroughly enjoyable project. Yeah. You know, we was it two weeks? I think it was yeah, about two and a half ten weeks. Days, ten days on site yeah, and yeah. then a few days off site. Yeah. So like you know, turn was pretty good, but you know, it was really enjoyable. So you actually mm. turn out really quick and could visualize it, you know, really well from the get go. Yeah. You know, even like you know, we we changed the where the count was going to be. Yes, that's right. There, but yes. You know, it was easy to do. Turns because out you could, that uh, Stephen Chan, if he's listening, was actually right. Let's hope he's not listening. Let's hope he's not listening. So, yeah, like, you know, projects like this where when you're working with some people and you get to do your own thing, yeah. it's all gravy. Um, and, you know, it's got a few feature pieces that were here before, like, say, the pigeonholes. You yeah, know. that retaining that element of history of the building, because this used to be a post office for people who might not know, that's actually struck a chord with people. It's yeah. it's and especially um the older people who I wasn't sure might not how they'd feel about something as distinctive as this, but I think the fact that you've embraced the kind of history of the building between that and the and the floor and all the different layers of the floor throughout the years and the history, they actually quite quite like it, you know. Yeah, that tells a story, like, you know. And they can feel some sort of affinity with the building because they're they're looking at something that they're Kind of familiar with, but in a different kind of shape or format, yeah. you know. Yeah, but you know that's it. Like, it just yeah. tells a story, and it's something. You know, instead of pigeonholes, you don't you don't see that now in every, like even a post office. No, you wouldn't see. Yeah, like set up yeah, like that. Yeah. Oh, they were pretty much hidden away in the back office, and were were bound yeah. for the skip when the building was being cleared out. Only thankfully we'd intervened, you know. Yeah. And um, any advice, I suppose, for young artists or people kind of up and coming who might be struggling with not so much creativity as, as taking the, the jump or being brave enough to, you know, do something like you did rather than <coughs> just go and do the regular safe office job or... I suppose you just have to do what they kind of have the gut feeling to do. Yeah. Um, it's like that's a means of way to get around everything, like, you know, but if you feel like you should be doing something, just go ahead and do it, like... Um, I was talking to a friend like I mean, about a year ago. He was like finished up a like professional uh, sporting career, and he was going into like doing his own line of woodwork and stuff like that. And um, basically, I was kind of just going like, "Look, just start making stuff. You know, you don't have to have a defined like end product, just make it and see what comes out. Just start making. You know, just get stuck in and just start doing things and mm. so it goes. And yeah, like." I haven't caught up in now in a while, but as far as I know, like, you know, he's, he's getting on pretty well with it now. You know, he's yeah. kind of looking outside in a different way. It's like, yeah, you don't, you don't need to like a set boundary or, yeah. you know, you can't, you can't just limit yourself straight away. You just have to try it, yeah. go with it. And then just, you know, if you're enjoying it, just keep doing it's it. And you just, it'll, it'll just be a roll on effect and knock on. And do you think that, like, given from what you're saying with your family background and the element of support from your family would probably, I'd imagine, quite help? Like, having a conversation with Ross in the last episode, he talked about when he made that shift and his family couldn't quite understand what he was doing, moving away from a very secure job. Definitely by the sounds of it, especially your dad anyways, like, that element of someone who was willing to not push you away from it would help? Yeah, no, that, like, you know... Uh, the beauty of it, like, you know, if I ever turned on to dad's, like, oh, I need help, help with this or whatever it might be, he'd be like, you know, he'd literally drop tools and he was like, you know, he's very good. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I learned a lot from him doing all the steel fabricating stuff he used to do. And, you know, I don't let on that much, but I, I know a good bit, well, not a good bit, but a bit about fixing cars, but yeah. 
I know he's not going to listen to this. <laughs> so uh, you're safe enough so I won't get a job from him. Um, but no, yeah, just learn a lot from him. You know, it's been amazing, and you know, the sport. Um, so yeah, no, family's good. Like you know, you get a bit of stick as well. Like you know, you always go, "What shit you making today?" Like, what's that meant to be? But you know, the more grief you're kind of given, like you know, it's yeah, classic yeah. Irish mentality. Like, oh, like, yeah, yeah, more flaky getting something in New York City, another job. That's it. People are actually the fonder they are of you, the more grief they're going to give you. I guess. Exactly. Yeah. 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 That's true. Must be your hardest critics or whatever it might be. And do you think there's anything in particular like you were lucky enough, I suppose, get stuck in from a young age? Do you feel there's anything that young people are lacking? I mean, I think myself in the school system, there's not really a huge amount of support for the kind of work that you're doing or other creatives. Yeah. Like, did you find for you that if you hadn't found that support outside of school through family and other people, would you have? gone that path at all I don't know it's tough to say probably not yeah. I don't know yeah I, I never thought about that but um, like I, I went to I went to tech school so basically we'd woodwork and metalwork I remember you know obviously you come down to your choices I think it was the first year it was like you know doing woodwork learn about that but then I went to metalwork yeah. my parents were like why are you doing metalwork like yeah. You know, you can do metal work down the workshop. Yeah. Which is that good point is like, there's either choice between metal work and business. Yeah. So, obviously, that's like, cool, I do business. So. Yeah. And as long as I could do art, that was the main thing. So, you know, it was like that, even after junior year then, like, we didn't do any woodwork because, you know, I could, I was doing summer jobs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, so you get an experience so, there. Yeah, like. and like, you know, I had no big ambition to go off and do a trade or any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah. doing, Doing business, kind of learning from that. That's that's my parents' kind of logic. It's like mm. well, learn a bit of business, doing it this way. Yeah, well, I, mean, I suppose you do need both sides if you're going to be doing what you're doing. It's yeah, yeah, it's quite difficult. Like in, in fairness, you know, I think trades we push more because now it's very hard to get. As we discovered, yes. to find a plumber is a oh yeah, like you know, to find any decent tradesman, you know, either like a lot of people left during the recession, went to Oz or whatever it might be. Um. You know, we're lacking there, and like, <clears throat> you know, schools now aren't putting trades that much. Um, even if they're, I had this conversation with my brother last day, he's a mechanic. So when he left, he left school, he went off and became an apprentice to mechanic. And, you know, he's obviously, he's has his own garage now, working for himself, and they even learn how to do taxes or any kind of thing. You know, nothing like that is taught in school. Well, there's definitely no like spirit of fostering entrepreneurship at a young age or any sort of education that might you know help people do their own business. No, no. Like that's to. the one thing I found is to doing business working for yourself in Ireland is incredibly difficult if you're not willing to put in an awful lot of work yourself to figure it out. Yeah, and you're gonna end up learning the hard way as well. <laughs> yeah, you know, definitely. And the hard way, you know, costs money. Yes, again, um, definitely. So and, it's, it's, uh, it's tough, like yeah, because even now, like you know, I see a lot of kids. It's all mobile phones now and yeah. playing computer games and all that crap. Yeah. Um, there's no big emphasis of, say, getting your hands dirty or, yeah. you know, it's... I, I seem to remember the young man you had here on, on uh, work experience. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's, uh, yeah, it's a different, definitely a different breed of yeah, youngsters, youngsters. Even when I was young, and that's not that long ago, really true and then I'm a few years older than you so it's a whole different experience again yeah. and um, I know I've been in your workshop and I've seen your kind of approach but 
for those who don't know, like I've seen that you kind of have a, a tendency to make good use out of what other people might throw away. Like it's there's elements of stuff you've kind of gathered up and <coughs> that you've kind of made unique uses for you. You must you must be always cru- oh, yeah. cruising past skips looking for. <laughs> yeah, I've seen, but like this, this obviously. If stuff's been thrown out, you know, majority could be crap. Yeah. But, you know, using, I have a good eye for, like, say, older things that you can see value in or, you know, good quality steel or what it might be or wood. Yeah. You know, anything has a bit of style or something unique to it. It's like, oh, yeah, I can turn that into whatever. Tabletop or whatever it might yeah. be. Yeah. yeah. Or a table base or lamp base or whatever. And uh, have you seen, like, in yourself that? style that you'd found earlier on has evolved into something else now as you as you go forward or is it just that you've rationalized some of the process of making things that you'd work differently yeah just rationalized was like yeah being a bit more smart about things now it's definitely it's definitely taking a different approach to say you know the style i have now you know at the start i was known for you know using a lot of palettes and all that kind of stuff for <laughs> You know, I do people, remember that actually. Yeah, people started off me like, "Oh, do you want these palettes?" They try to be nuts, like <laughs> tagging me in these pages, like, "Oh, a hundred different ways how to use a palette and stuff like that." It's like another person sends me one of these things. <laughs> but yeah, like you know, I, I like I like reusing things, you know, if they've got quality to them or whatever it might be. But you know, now the whole upside thing is kind of gone, hmm. and. We buy, buy new material, buy new steel, uh, you know, you know, timber you need to machine now properly and stuff like that. Actually speaking of which, do you think that's changed things a bit for you now that people are, you know, we're supposedly out of recession and so forth? Because of the imminently practical reason for doing things the way it was a few years ago, on, uh, for cost reasons, has that made an impact on the way clients are looking for stuff? Or your style evolved from like a, a practicality and a reality as well mm. as creativity, but... Has that impacted you in some ways, do you think, having to... You're just naturally trying to improve things and push things to a different level and get better finishes and use better quality material. So over the years, like you, people who recognize your work or can see the improvement with it the whole mm-hmm. time and even the design of it, you know, you always want to improve that. But there's definitely more money now yeah. for people setting up new businesses or whatever it might yeah. be or want to table or whatever it is so mm. yeah if there's more money there you can definitely go off and buy better materials and with that you get better finishes yeah. and you know you, honestly you're just trying to trying to one up yourself every time and just having different machinery and stuff like that you just get better yeah. you know you can do different things so it's great yeah it's good stuff um, well I think we've covered quite a bit there um, so maybe we'll uh, let people know where they can see some examples of your work around town the projects um, you've worked on if they want to check them out obviously they can go to my Cullen and Tree Park store but. Um, yeah I know we mentioned Ness briefly earlier but yeah the Ness is the Ness Boutique Hostel in Salt Hill yeah yeah it's a pretty big landmark there um, very proud of that project as well like, you know there's a lot of upcycling to it like with the old floor and stuff like that but it's definitely a nice there's a nice element in Funnily, it's only this morning I was standing in the nest before uh, a meeting and someone was admiring the work at the wall, the entrance, the kind of exposed stonework where it oh, yeah. the floor. Yeah, like 
I think it's where I might have become aware of your work first as well, actually. I know you'd done some work for Porik. Was it in Urban Grind? Had you done? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's a bit about Menu boxes and stuff. Yeah. But, um, so sorry, The Nest and uh, 37. 37, yeah. It's 37 West. There. Um, 56 Central as well? 56, yeah. That's It's changed a good bit because, you know, it was quite harsh at the start. And, yeah. You know, it was, it was, um, gave a bit of flack from a few people. Yeah. It was being a bit too harsh and a bit cold, too cold. <laughs> but, uh, you know, it's, it's softened up a good bit. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're done, done a good bit with Kev in the Grounding Co's. Small bit Mr. Waffle. Um, Oh, or Hanson Burger as well. Hanson Burger, better not forget the lads. Yeah, better not forget that. Yeah, and the lads in Ordmore and the Portos in Ordmore. Yeah, done basically the whole design kit out there, and yeah, there's just numerous signs around the place and stuff like that. Yeah, so it's a good bit, good bit around. I always kind of forget when I'm put in the spot. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's all right. Don't worry. <laughs> and so, if people want to find you online, I don't fancy your chances, but where will they find you? Uh, Instagram, Dangar and Original Instagram and Facebook. And that's G or D N E R, just for anyone. Is yeah. gardener not a gardener? <laughs> I've tried that. I'm not very good at it. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, like hopefully now I might start increasing posts on that and keep up to date with work. But yeah. can't promise anything. Yeah. Well, unfortunately, you're slightly out of action at the moment. Yeah, busted shoulder. So yeah, uh, that's more of an incentive now to get on top of the stuff. But yeah, but uh, hopefully, hopefully over the next over the next few months, start. You know, putting together an exhibition and keeping keeping you know as updates as, as many updates as possible, I suppose. But uh, Facebook, Instagram, yeah. bits and pieces like that, and yeah, could be some cool stuff coming up. Good stuff. Well, thanks to Jan for joining us. Uh, that was the second episode of Creative Voices. If you want to find ourselves, you can look up Tree Bark Store on Facebook or Instagram or t r e e b r k store dot com. You can always send us a message if you have any other recommended guests or questions going forward, or you can get us on hello at treebarkstore.com. Thanks very much for listening, folks, and we'll catch you on the next episode. <laughs>